Dear listeners, welcome to Alpha Bonus Bonus, our regular episode in which we deal with your questions and comments. This is Bunga Cats, the global politics podcast at the end of the end of history. And uh, here, on fait le bunga bunga, n'est-ce pas? George? Yeah, the new theme tune, it's got everybody talking. I like the old one as well. Um, but I, you know, I, I think you're the most Euro trash amongst us, Alex, so it, it probably um, resonates with you the most. Probably, yeah, probably. they're an American band, but um, it is a great something. A fake, a fake French, a fake French band. Um, but anyway, yeah, a song. The term is, exactly. I think the term is faux French, Alex. Actually, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to give them the credit of even using a French word to describe their fakeness. Um, but anyway, no, great song, um, and uh, we're we're happy to have it, and I think it I think it works. Um, we we I guess we should set a, an objective that we discuss every single place in the world mentioned in that song. Um, that should be our goal. Yeah, some of them would be tricky, but uh, we can do our best. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the idea of objective setting. It sounds like uh, we then have to self-evaluate how we've progressed against our objectives in this in this calendar year or whatever. I just um, don't like the sound of that. You've been, uh, you've been like uh, bureaucracy poisoned, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, for, for a long, long time. Okay, um, so um, we are going to discuss your questions, and we're going to start um, back to front from the last Alpha Bonus Bonus, which was in November, relatively recent, episode 302. Um, so firstly, Elias Braun um, makes some comments with regard to uh, leaving the EU and other aspects of European politics, Ukraine and Germany and so on. Um, so let me just go through this. Um Addressed to Phil, um, I think where we differ is that I don't really believe in the political feasibility of what you propose, um, that is to say, Italy leaving the EU. You're right that my argument does imply that an Italian exit would destroy the EU's foundations and create a real political opportunity. But I don't believe that a successful political movement advocating that is possible in Italy, and much less so in France or Germany. That is why the left is failing or disappearing everywhere in the EU. You can't be radical without being against it but you can't win if you are. And much as I would like to imagine there's a boulevard open for popular anti-EU movement, as you were saying last episode, I don't see it. Although I admit to not having any better solutions. Similarly, I don't think it's possible for the Ukrainian leadership, even if they wanted to, to pursue the strategy you propose. Um, and Phil will have to clarify what that strategy was. Yeah, so it was, my suggestion was as part of the, um, as part of Ukraine kind of carving out greater political independence as part of the condition of its of its war, it would be better to pivot towards um, guerrilla warfare in the occupied eastern territories rather than the full frontal assaults, which are much better for um, and lead to, well, better for NATO planners and also lead to dependence on NATO countries. Right. So um, continuing uh, Elias's comment, um, I, they wouldn't be able to pursue the strategy that Phil proposes, given it would imply much greater loss of territory and a Russian occupation with no end in sight. As a smaller nation at war, you'll always take the weapons, even if you lose some independence, since the only other option appears to be losing all of it. I do agree on what you said about its failures between 2014 and 2022, though. 
And then finally, on German monarchism, um, which we uh, made reference to the fact that support for um, a return of the German monarchy has risen in, in Germany, is definitely an expression of repressed nationalism, says Elias. But then again, support for restoration has been fluctuating between 10 to 20% for decades in France, and nothing's ever come of it. Um, well, Phil, so th this was addressed at you, so why don't you, why don't you respond firstly on it, it exit? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Elias kind of articulates the problem, right, but also makes it entirely um, self-fulfilling. As long as there is, you know, as long as it seems an impossible task, it will be an impossible task. And I think the fact remains that the European Union is more fragile than it appears. The cost of leaving it, especially for those states in the Eurozone, you know, are significant. I mean, um, and, you know, the process of Britain withdrawing from the EU um, was, uh, you know, difficult and is still, you know, difficult today. And that's without withdrawing from the Eurozone, that's just the EU. But nonetheless, I think there's no, there is no way except, um, you know, the except restoring national popular sovereignty in the member states of the EU, if there is to be any possibility for the revival of meaningful democratic mass politics um, in um, in Europe. There's no way around that. On the question of um on the question of Ukraine, um I'd say, you know, um I'd still stick by what I said, uh, that the, you know, as far as the, there is no end in sight to the Russian occupation at the moment, right? I think the only way the Russian occupation will end is if there is regime, you know, there's a change of government, a change of regime in Russia. And that is something which um is a much more difficult proposition for Western states, I think, than perhaps for Ukraine. So it doesn't seem to me that the, you know, that there is a prospect of um, re Ukraine recuperating all that territories. So that leaves the question still open as to what the most appropriate strategy is to maintain Ukraine's independence. And it seems to me that in terms of maintaining long-term costs for Russian occupation, um, a guerrilla war in the east. Um, through which also Ukraine um, makes a political kind of uh, pitch to Russian-speaking minorities, Russophone minorities in eastern Ukraine, it seems to me a much better strategy. But I don't, you know, I mean, I don't want to get too hung up on questions of what is most kind of militarily appropriate, give you know, for Ukraine, given I'm not Ukrainian, I'm not in Ukraine, um, but rather to focus on what seems to me to be entailed by a logic of political independence. So can, um, let me just jump in because I, I I'm to kind of put the question to you because I don't really have an answer. But doesn't all this imply then that if you the Ukrainian leadership is um, wedded to NATO and it's going to want the arms shipments and it's going to you know want to be enmeshed in that whole approach? Why do we care about Ukrainian independence? Um, you know why why is that why is that why of interest we... us? Why politically would we support that and not, for example, dedicate? efforts instead and or and you know the political the line the political line then being opposition to further nato involvement and you know kind of forget ukraine um you could go that line but that would be to dictate you know to suggest what nato should do would be to accept nato you know as a as a legitimate actor Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash We'd love to have you.